Welcome to Tech Talk Nation, talking about the latest tech, industry news, and hot topics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit our website at techtalknation.com. Good evening and welcome to Tech Talk Nation. I'm your host, Matt Fitzgerald, and we have an interesting show for you tonight. Uh, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus here for uh, a little bit of time. We had a couple of our co-hosts moving. Uh, we had a lot of stuff going on, and it's summertime, so I uh, want to get outside and enjoy some of those that weather there. But... In the inside here, in the basement, just chilling here, um, we have a lot of tech news that has come out since we had our last broadcast. So today we're going to have a little bit of a different episode. We're going to kind of just talk about uh, some of the stories that we found a little more interesting and not really be as structured as normal. A uh, couple things we're going to cover today are Windows 11 uh, getting started, uh, some of the cool stuff. Well, actually, not so cool, per se, with uh, China banning Bitcoin and uh, a rich billionaire new you heading out to space. So um, with that, I'm going to transition over here and we are joined once again with everybody from different locations. We have Matt Grislow and Ryan Eastman here with us today. Grislow, how are you doing? I need a drink. <laughs> I, I could tell. Ryan, how about you? How's how's life? I'm hiding from you, but I am here. Yes. Good. 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 Yeah. He's uh, Ryan. You're you've got the uh, you're still in process of relocating. Uh, so a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So I'm on uh, the camera next time. Definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, Grizzlo, you are uh, happily coming to us from a new location, which is super cool, and you got to enjoy the. Uh, wonders of moving the last couple weeks i got to enjoy i'm still enjoying it enjoying is a very liberal use of that word but yes <laughs> there you go there you go and ryan you you relocated a fair bit but uh you're, you're getting settled in still <laughs> right five hours oh good yeah definitely definitely cool well We've got a lot of news to cover today, and the first one, and I'm not, sh I'm sure everybody's heard of this by now, um, but Microsoft decided to do a thing, and they touted that Windows 10 was going to be the last Windows, and then they released Windows 11 this past week. Uh, so, like, I don't know, I don't know. It's just one of those things where. Um, We'll go over it a little bit here, and then we're going to get a little bit of our thoughts on that. So <clears throat> transition over to the browser here. Um, Microsoft released Windows 7 Preview, available to download now for people who are the like inside beta testers, uh, which I, I actually am. Um, and it's very different from Windows 10 currently. It has this glassy-looking UI. They decided for some reason to move the taskbar into the middle of the uh, screen. I wonder what operating system they got that idea from. Um, and mm -hmm. they basically added a couple of features, uh, like some snap viewing and productivity features, to make life a little bit easier. Um, in addition to that, they're actually also going to be offering Android apps running natively within the operating system and a more tablet-focused uh, UI with better inputs and stuff like that. I think I covered most of it. Uh, did I miss anything? 
we'll we'll get to that one um but feature wise i think that's that's pretty much the big the big new things we got uh better yeah glassy ui the split views some cool inputting and a central taskbar now their their start menu is looking a little wacky actually here's here's the picture of it that's that's what the start menu will look like um, the start menus in the center yeah. So that that is oh, that the I default, hate. but you can change it. You you are, are able to change it to go back to the the bottom left corner. Right. Right. Well, anyway, that's all nice and good. Uh, but there were a couple of caveats that really threw a lot of people for a loop with this, and they decided, as Ryan kind of alluded to a little bit, TPM chips are a thing and need to be on your computer in order to run uh, Windows 11. Oh, and also, if your computer's like more than like four years old, yeah, you can't run that. So, uh, have fun. Alright, thanks for watching. Come again. No kidding. But, um, yeah, so, long story short, Microsoft said that uh, any processor before the 8700 era of Intel's chips and an undisclosed amount of AMD chips at this time were um, unsupported, so you couldn't physically install Windows 11 on those CPUs. And then in addition to that, they made another hardware requirement where you need to, um, in, in your laptop or computer or whatever, you need to have a TPM chip in that. And I forget what uh, TPM stands for directly. Uh, it stands for um, Trusted Platform Module, that's what it is trusted platform module chip and it's a physical chip on the motherboard that you need to actually do encryption and other sorts of hardware uh, encrypting your data through the hardware rather than software so windows will not let you install unless you have not the first generation but the second gem generation like the second generation of this chip to even run this operating system. So I understand why they're doing it. I don't think requiring it right out of the gate was a wonderful idea. Uh, just being like, hey, this is gonna eventually come. Um, but yeah, so no. that was a big dump of information. So uh, where, where do you guys wanna start on this one? I mean, I've got a knee jerk reaction. Um... Well, I guess not knee-jerk because, you know, this has been out for, I think they released this, what, last week was the uh, the reveal. Um, I think in terms of system requirements, for once in a while, I actually kind of like that they're doing this because one of the things I found with Windows 10 um, when I downloaded it on my four-year-old machine or five-year-old machine um, was that it was slow. Um, it wasn't the best and I didn't get a great overall experience. It made me not want to use my Windows machine as much as I, you know, could have. Um, I think that it's good to support a wide range of devices. At the same time, um, I think it's also important to recognize that there are hardware limitations. Um, whether those are actually superficial or not, um, I think it's up to debate or, um, you know, people to actually dig in and, and do tests and things like that. Um, but at least on that front, um, on the TPM requirement, uh, 
I, I like it just because I, I've had experience where I've not been satisfied with my product um, after upgrading to you know, the new uh, operating system and uh, it only just made me frustrated and mad and, and not like the product even more. Um, I suppose while I still have the floor um, on some of the other things you touched on, the productivity, um, I, I am actually excited for. Um, I work in software and so I, I work a lot with um, different windows and different screens. I have uh, dual monitors or I would have dual monitors at my, my home office. Once I get it up and running here, this will be probably changing. So you'll see you know, in the next few podcasts, it could look different. Um, as well as at the office, um, both at my, well, both of my offices um, outside of my home, I use external monitors. And so unplugging, uh, at least on, on the front of, you know, you unplug your monitors or you, you undock your, your computer and it saves that um, sort of display arrangement. Um, I really like that. It keeps you focused and it knows, it helps you, you know, remember where you were. So many times I forget, you know, what I was doing when I come back the next day and you spend time rearranging stuff and it's just the ease of use that I really enjoy about that new feature. Um, and also the ability to um, the sizes of the windows. Um, I, I like that as well. Um, I guess I'll end with this. Um, yeah, I, I think that I, it's very clear now um, that they're trying to mimic uh, another uh, popular operating system um, from a company that has a logo of a bitten fruit. Um, I, I don't think that's, I don't I think it's controversial. I don't think that's surprising. Um, being different is, is good, but uh, you know, I'm sure they've done enough research to find out that you know, people want a certain look and they always update windows, right? It always looks a little different. Um, right. So I, w I welcome the change and we'll see where it goes. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to touch on the uh, Android uh, apps running because I do have a bit more to say on that, but I will leave that um, we'll, for a we'll separate discuss discussion. That. Good. We're going to transfer on to that next. Uh, Good. It's a little unfair to say they're just like outright copying. It's like they moved their task bar to the center. Fair. That's, that's the. Is there like another big change I'm missing other than that? Well, here let, let the, me let me show you the. It's the, the overall thing look. That looks like that. Yeah, it's it's the it's, overall. It's the look. overall design cues. Yeah, yeah. Like, the like design here. cues from everyone have been going towards that though for about ten years. This is the first time they've updated their icons in forever. Lord knows how long. Yeah. Very yeah. true. Like, I mean, that being said. I could care less about how it looks because, I mean, I've never been wowed by any new, you know, icon Microsoft puts out or a new, yeah, you know, graphic they put out. Right. I don't know. I think the way of kind of describing it is a little bit inverted. They, sh I don't care about, they shouldn't be requiring better hardware to run their systems. They should be optimizing their systems. That's a very good point. This. Yeah, I don't That's know a good if point. you know this. But you can actually strip windows down a bunch i've gotten it as low as like i think i have it just under 800 megabytes of ram usage versus the usual like three gigs really it takes on startup yeah wow you can reduce it a ton and it's really stupid that it's so heavyweight all the time by default no apparent reason right yeah, by default for no apparent reason mm -hmm. but what's the give and take 
I don't know because I don't I've never had a worse experience when I did that like it functions the exact same it seems to me hmm. it just seems so drastic I could expect it, it to be... It's a lot of, like, small background stuff that I just turn off, I get rid of, mm. I don't need. Right, and all it that adds up. Difference. Yeah, it adds That's up. That's a good long. point. Right. Like, I don't understand why they don't... I mean, I guess I, they... It's an ancient uh, operating system at this point that they've been tacking the bits onto for a long time. Exactly. So, like, disassembling it and figuring out what's interacting with what at this point is probably like some kind of insane labyrinth to navigate through it's kind of the do you mind if do you mind if i pose a question to you sure um do you think that microsoft should pivot completely away from windows and, and create some sort of completely different uh operating system so that they can start from scratch i wouldn't mind seeing that starting with something new and that they can well document but the man hours for that are also insane. Yeah. Especially because they have to go from nothing to something that's immediately competing with Apple. And that's a big leap. Mm -hmm. And they're still going to be using the same x86 most likely. And do you think it's worth it? Should they do it? Long or should they just stick with Windows for the, till the end of time? Or until they you know, run the well, company I, in the ground? Obviously, I think long term that might be a better solution. But short term, it's a lot, lot of work. I mean, the other option is to just, like, mainstream Linux almost and just I was, release I was, their own mm. branch of it. But that's not something they're ever going to do, I don't think. I was going to mention mm -hmm. that. I'm like, I would love to see some sort of, like, Microsoft brand Linux. Basically, like, like it doesn't have to be Windows I or anything like that. that but happening. Oh, it's it's never going to happen. It's just one of those things where it's like, what one can dream. I mean, yeah. honestly, this UI is very reminiscent of your even like your ubuntu or something like that in in my yeah. opinion what the genome I mean, desktop like it's very reminiscent uh, of that it's a little gnomish you know whatever people <laughs> like to know? call it i don't know i've only read it i've never heard it i have i've heard it called gnome a lot Gno okay. i've never seen it so i can't it's speak like, intelligently on it let's see it's beautiful i love that's what i use like 80% of the time, to be honest, is a Linux desktop. It's just everything about it to me feels smoother, better. But yeah, this is this it's also is also a pain to patch. It's a pain to diagnose what's going wrong. It's a lot more work. Yeah, this is the and that's why people don't use it. GNOME apparently desktop. Yeah, kind yeah. very very reminiscent of kind yeah, of Arch's take on GNOME is really good too. Yeah. I can't wait for the, the uh, people in the comments to be ranting and raving about how you're either pronouncing incredibly correctly or horribly wrong. Uh, I'm no, sure. I'm pretty, well, I'm pretty sure it's good. I still... For those that are on the YouTube live stream, not those that are, you know, on the other platforms listening. I mean... Yeah, 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 yeah it's fine. For me, at least, like, I, I, I made... The point being, I think it's backwards. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to make a little side comment because like i learned a lot of like the programming and stuff like that by just reading about it i never heard half of these things like pronounced and then i get into the workforce and people or or school or whatever and people are like what are, what are you saying i'm like oh it's C it's sql oh you mean sql sql yep oh it's just <laughs> sql yeah like 
I, that happens with a lot of things, though. Yeah, like, yeah. my parents, for the longest time, called it, um, uh, it wasn't Airbnb, it was one of the other ones. Oh, uh, VRBO. And then they came out with a commercial recently, and it was Verbo. And I showed them the commercial, my dad the commercial, and he's like, that's, that's not a real commercial. Like, yeah, this is from the company. This is real. This is how they pronounce it. He's like, no. It's like, okay. You go tell Mr. Verbo that it's a uh, VRBO. <laughs> there you go. Right, right. Anyway, Ryan, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but to put it back on track. Sorry, Ryan. I think, it, I think it's backwards. I need to... To my knowledge, what's going on under the hood isn't drastically different. Right. It's mostly the same. Yeah. They've tacked on extra functionality, some smarter features. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think even if... I think they should probably gut the whole OS for the most part. And because it's really like all of their like non-visual stuff that needs rework. Completely agreed. Like, how how big is the the system directory in in Windows? Yeah. It's it's like three gigs or some some stupid language. I don't have any issue with their design language. Almost all the graphics look fine to me. They're just different. It's all good. Yeah. It's just their whole back end is very very heavy, and it needs. I think. I don't know. It's. And it's hard to even recommend that because I couldn't even tell you how many thousands of man hours it'll take to overhaul all that. Oh yeah, definitely. Like completely going from assembly all the way up to like your your GUI. Like there's, right, I'm there's... not going that far. Okay, I mean <laughs> I'm I... not saying start there. I'm saying you can probably start in like C, C plus plus, and go from there. Okay, okay, mm. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe take Rust that. or something less prone to memory leaks, obviously, but. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those things, definitely, where if Microsoft is, I, I feel like they've been doing this every other version of Windows, at least in my opinion. They tack on a new, a new GUI, they tack on some pretty fixes, they don't do anything really novel, per se, but they just kind of are like, okay, cool, this is a new operating system, everybody buy it. Well, they are doing something a little novel, and that's adding in the ability to run Android apps. Great transition. Uh, you picked up on that. <laughs> novel is using it loosely, because I would, I would, I would say it would be novel it if it was robust and worked, or yeah, will well, confirm to work robustly. And yeah, here's that's a crapshoot at best. Yeah, it is. They're trying to do basically the same thing that Apple just did during their switch to ARM. Which is basically a runtime conversion of uh, their machine of what do you call it? Byte code to something that uh, Microsoft can understand. Right. Basically, taking the ARM instructions yeah. and translating that to something x86 understands, well, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's at a compiler level. So when you're running Java, what you're actually seeing is byte code, and that gets compiled at runtime into something runnable by ARM. I think they're trying to make a translation layer basically for what's supposed to be meant for ARM to work instead with something that's x86. Now, if, if they do that, that would actually be pretty novel. Like, No, that's, ex that's almost one-to-one -one what Apple just did. I mean, yes. That would be pretty novel, wouldn't it be? <laughs> <laughs> but for Microsoft, no, I mean... And listen, I, I am happy to make fun of Apple any day of the week, but they did a really good job with that uh, compiler setup they made there. Oh yeah, the M1 has been amazing. Like, 
They, it, yeah, you, you know, don't getting their x86 to run on that that efficiently is oh it's really good and i know i know they can think one of the reasons they can pull that off is the guy who made swift is like one of the smartest like compiler designers designers of all time and he's still an apple i think yeah i could see it also side note um Today we I was on a meeting and my my team has a couple guys who live out out west and it was very very hot where they were at today and uh, it was so so I have an M1 he had an Intel and the thermal throttling got so bad that his computer literally left the meeting for him and shut down. Ooh. Like, like it was really, really hot there, and he was in his house, and he's like, "The fan, I, I can't even hear you. The fans are running so, so hot on this computer," and yeah, it shut it thermal throttled himself out of the meeting. So <laughs> that was fun. Dang, that's like your phone saying you, you can't work, and it's not gonna turn on until it gets you know, cooler. That's exactly, literally that, but a business computer but you're so, yeah that's that's rough yeah anyway anyway yes on having that on the system level will be really interesting to see i mean we we saw how apple did it and they knocked it out of the park let's see if windows can follow that up if microsoft has has the cojones to make it happen so yeah. to derail us for just one second just because this is fresh in my mind and it's coming up because of apple's m1 chip uh I'm pretty sure Google is about to release their own in-house uh, ARM chip this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yep. I forget what they call that's it. That's something to look out for. Uh, I believe it's called White Chapel. Yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, name. That'll be interesting to see how their take on ARM goes. Is that like the code name? Yeah, the code for the name project. Is White hmm. And I mean, it will be an SOC, so it should be, you know very comparable to what would go on an iPhone, but who knows? Hmm. Right. Honestly, Android could use some pairing down too, because it's in Java instead of C++, but you know, that's besides the point. Alright there, purist. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, Just definitely. Point out that nothing writes... It's hard to find more efficient code than C. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna argue with the, with you on that. So, <laughs> yeah, you just get nothing and have to do everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But you can do it efficiently. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about too, with that that TPM issue that we were, were talking about, um, the trusted platform stuff. What actually has been happening is people are scalping the the modules on ebay people are buying these that they can now add to i i think you could put it on usb or something like that i i don't even know but people are scalping these like breakout boards and all this stuff like there's this tweet here that says 24.90 to 99 dollars in 12 hours for these these modules and it's it's just ridiculous. I think people are just like, Welp, we're gonna have to figure it out, so Am I not surprised? I mean leave it for people to make a quick buck on that. But I don't know. When you talk about chip shortage, I mean 
are these going to be the next you know scarce item that people are trying to buy as well as you know the um the video cards and um you know, all kinds of other electronics i mean you know, I, I never really thought about that, honestly. I, I was just like, hmm, oh, wow, they're they're requiring this. Well, that's going to make, like, half the computers in existence right now useless. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, price went up because of, the you know, the, probably not only because they could charge that much because people were willing to charge or pay that. Um, but I guarantee you, if this continues, as, as well as the chip shortage, that price is either going to stay there or go higher and not because the company is able to charge that much just because of how willing people are um, to put up that much money but also because of you know the amount that they've got right large demand small supply we'll see we will definitely have to see on that one alrighty well um, moving on talking about a lot of money uh, the next kind of topic that we or were we done with Windows? Do we do we want to talk? About I mean, do we want to talk about um, the Android apps? I mean, we kind of did. I don't know how well it's gonna run. We gotta see. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely. Well, you guys, see. did you guys get the lowdown on how that it actually is gonna work? I read an article on it. I want to see. I want to see your thoughts on it. I think it's it's hilarious. They advertised because I, I i won't say i watched the whole event because i didn't um i watched like an 11 minute recap on you know cnet shout out cnet um also shout out marquez brownlee he did a really good um little take on it um and he did a great explain on it when you were talking about it's the uh um the different you know on on and off uh operating system versions of windows i thought you were kind of alluding to his uh take on it um, I, I didn't even watch that honestly <laughs> so. Yeah, um, it came out. I want to say maybe a few days ago. Let's say three, three, four days ago. Um, but yeah, they they build this as you can run native, just like Apple. You can run Android apps on Windows at face value. That sounds amazing. You know, it, it's directly competitive with Apple. It's on par with what they're doing. And uh, again, from face value, it sounds great. Really though, it's really uh, deceptive marketing. And in order to do it, you have to have, um, they're, they're pairing with Amazon to, to, uh, to get this working, they're, they're web services or something. And um, you have to have- Amazon's app yeah, store. Well, yeah, yes, well you have to have an Amazon account mm -hmm. to do this, to sign up for Amazon. And then you also are going through, I believe, their, uh, their store, like you said. Store. You're going through the, the Amazon App Store and the Microsoft Store, so. Yeah, so it is not nearly as seamless of a uh, integration as they want you, or, or, or as they're leaning uh, or, or trying to you know, get you to, to believe. Um, and, and not only that, but do you really expect them in the first iteration of, of this uh, partnership and this arrangement for it to be incredibly, you know, in sync. I didn't have a Mac. I, I don't really know what it's like um, to be running iOS apps on a Mac. But I'm, I guarantee you it wasn't, you know, smooth sailing the entire time. Not to mention, you're putting apps on a, uh, a desktop potentially, or, or just in general, a computer, um, 
that were built to run on touchscreen devices. Do you honestly believe that at launch, every feature on every app is going to run seamlessly? I mean, a great example of what they showed on their keynote, TikTok. It's all touch input. No one uses a mouse or a, a wireless keyboard on, on their phones, on their iPads, on, their, on the, any of their tablets, or, or I should qualify that um, because we're talking exclusively uh, Windows. Um, if you have an Android phone, you're not plugging in, you know, external uh, peripheral devices. You're not. It's all well, touch input. If you have a Samsung phone, you're running Dex, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Sure. <laughs> My point being, they they build this feature and and sold it as one of the leading, you know, big features of their new operating system or new version of of Windows. They build this as this robust, you know, very um, capable uh, feature. In reality, I don't expect this to be anywhere near what they advertised, at least in the first one to one and a half uh, major releases. And that includes the first, you know, Windows 11 release. I'm gonna have to point out the fact that uh, so many Windows laptops now just come with a touch screen. Right. So it's not as if you're going to be left completely in the dark, but a lot of us use Windows for our desktop, which yeah. who knows how or if that'll work. That kind of remains to be seen. Well, not only that, but they were also pushing things, and this is aside from uh, the uh, running native Android apps, pushing things that you see on a lot of mobile uh, devices like widgets and really trying to push their whole widget ecosystem I really could care less about widgets on my home screen. Right now, my uh, one of my work computers, I guess, updated. And now if I accidentally like touch my mouse a certain way, um, the little bar on my, on my uh, or little portion of my taskbar that shows the current weather and like a little icon pops up in this huge thing where it's giving all kinds of stuff I could care less about. If I want to know anything about the weather, the news, any relevant information in my life, I look at my phone. I can care less on my computer, and especially because I'm on my computer to work. My work computer is for work. It's oh. not for looking at this other stuff. I mean, I'll point out that the addition of widgets, you can add Google Calendar now to your home screen. You can add like your to-do list and all that stuff to just like your desktop screen, like all that stuff to me, I can see a use case for it. Now, sure. any, every Android game, forget that. That's the stupidest thing. Don't do that. Don't do social media apps from Android phones. That's dumb. Right. But some of the productivity yeah. stuff you can steal from Android might actually be worthwhile. I could see it. Yeah. Some of it. Some of it, yeah. I just, I guess at the end of the day, you know, billing these two features, um, and again, mainly that you know, native Android apps running on, on Windows, it's not going to work well. I, I don't expect it to. Um, that you also can't say that until it comes out, but probability. I mean, Ryan, that's like saying, I mean, that's like saying you, you got to wait till iOS, whatever we're on, 14 comes out and you'll see how perfectly it runs. Every new release of iOS, and at least historically in the last, I want to say at least three iterations. Um, there have been really bad bugs, one of which being one of the absolute worst of the uh, uh, battery health of the iPhone 11. Um, 
and just you know not not to mention some of the other issues that, that they have um but it's a new operating system and, and not only a new like you know version it's a whole new you know thing it's not like a 0.5 or a, you know a point point oh point oh one two five you know well they right. have a little experience of this from the microsoft go days though yeah i mean and then again i guess supposed to piggyback off of um something Mar marquez Brownlee did did mention I really just don't see people taking to widgets, and especially people who haven't used widgets before. I think there's already a market for widgets. I think there's plenty of room to grow that market, um, but it's only to a certain extent. Windows is a very uh, workstation, you know, very um, work-oriented operating system. You use it at work, and I, I can't tell you how many people, you know, that I know that are in the working world, that work with in the working world, who have issues, you know, with the current operating system we have um, without adding other features. They could care less about adding features. They just want what they have to work. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really think that some of these things like, uh, you know, adding widgets and making sure that Android apps run natively on Windows is really what, I guess, what I'm getting at is really what Windows needs to be. Yeah, it's a cool thing that, you know, I'm kind of okay with them adding, but their man hours would have been better put towards making the system run smoother and more reliably. And I guess it goes sort of to your to the question I gave you earlier. Maybe these are features that they need to prioritize um, in a separate operating system they use in separate use cases. Because I don't think that they really need to be pushing these you know as, as the main as part of the main you know windows os you know so basically making like windows 10 tablet or like or sorry windows 11 tablet and then windows 11 productivity or something like that well that's one of the things they do say they're focusing on is uh, a more mobile experience right right and yeah that's but do I really want a button that takes up half the screen if I'm on desktop? Like, same thing. I mean, that's why you have two different operating systems, right? The whole point is to optimize your experience for the hardware that you've got, or or for the experience you're trying to create. Mm -hmm. Although, I mean, I, I do believe they, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I thought they did, and I might be thinking of Samsung, um, scrapped one of their OS, their OS's, um, or, or sent it to the graveyard um, recently. Might I might be wrong. I think it's, I, I really think it's worthwhile in the end. Um, kind of like, I mean, every, every I don't want to say every company, um, I mean, it's the evolution you know, of, of, of life. You know, when right. you move on to the next. If something works for a, a good amount of time, and it's a great product. Nothing, nothing horribly wrong about it. But um, you know, there's improvement, and there's things that can be better. Um, and sticking to the same thing, um, maybe, maybe it's time to. I mean, Ryan, you mentioned it would take a lot of time, but Windows is, is worth, or Windows Microsoft is worth a lot of money, and they're not going to leave money on the table if you know other people are doing it differently or doing it better. Um, and they're just gonna stick with their one product because that's what they want to do, and that's that's yeah. all they're gonna do, you know. I mean, it is you know at this point a 
stupidly large, like, industry, so, like, or not industry, but a corporation, so, like, getting the right people and, like, and the wheels moving on that is probably so, so hard when they pull in so much money from, like, all their services. Well, I, can I mean, see it. you gotta, you gotta make a decision at some point, especially oh, yeah. when it, you know, comes at the cost of, am I losing customers? Am I potentially alienating uh, future customers? Oh, yeah. um, am I am I going to am, am I helping facilitate bring in new customers? I mean, right? Yeah, right. I'm just trying to explain the why. I agree. That's what they should be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's and fair. That's another fair. another thing to kind of bring up with this discussion too is kind of the the namesake for this episode. What the and this article by ZDNet here says millions of Windows 10 zombies. So, what's going to happen to all these machines that are unable to run Windows 11 now because of all of these changes that they've made? And some of the things that I just find interesting about this article, per se, is he kind of is a little lighthearted and writing this and it a little more like uh poking fun at them. But basically, people were like, okay, um, Windows XP barely died when they um, stopped support for it just because of how ingrained it is in society. And I feel like we've started to get to that point with Windows 10. We have, we still have Windows 7 that's still making up a, lot, a large portion. And uh, the author here brings up this, this graphic here. It's basically a... Um, the U.S. government has an analytics site for every device that has ever accessed a government website, and it shows Windows 10 is currently 90%. Windows 7 is still 6.44%. Windows 8 is 0.52%, and the other uh, 50% of the 0.28% uh, other is Windows XP still. So, <laughs> like, it's it's crazy to think, though, that this 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 is how this is distributed now and what happens when we're going to throw windows 11 in here and only the windows 10 computers that have been manufactured in the last four years can get that assuming you have the right hardware yada 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 and they don't relax their requirements is that even going to change much you still see windows 7 8.8 and 8.1 are still yikes but uh Windows 7 still has a very large market share, and that's still being supported. But even XP is still being used. It said somewhere here, it says, uh, 15 users access government sites still using Windows 3.1. <laughs> so, oh boy. Yeah, but like, it's, it's one of those things. Someone's getting hacked. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, okay. Are we going to be left with a tech a, a waste crisis because Microsoft isn't allowing you to upgrade your software on these older machines? I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, even upgrading. It's very likely, especially if there's a hardware requirement. Right. Up upgrading from like 2000 to seven, or or sorry, XP to seven, and even seven to ten. You really didn't have that huge of a hardware change. I mean, granted, XP to seven was a—that's a very large hardware change. But um, 
like seven to ten you really your base level requirements really didn't change it was more or less yeah you, you needed like two gigs of ram to one, run windows 7 pretty okay and then the minimum requirements for window windows 10 are two gigs as well so like you don't have that big of a hardware change they didn't say oh you need to have like a touchscreen or you need to have this tpm module now rendering that device unable to be upgraded therefore useless well useless in the sense of serving serving a yeah serving a sustainable business need i mean i guess i guess a good question to ask and because i don't know the answer and i'm on my phone and the only internet i have is on my phone um <laughs> when was windows 10 released uh I, I, I believe let me, okay. let me check I, um, I believe it was 2015 and I'm I'm basing this sort of off of um, again of what I know yep, well, which is which is Apple. Um, every year they come out with a new operating system, and every year I think it amazes people sometimes how they're able to support the devices that they still do. Um, Was that six years now? You said 2015. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was re- released in 2015. Six years. Six years. Six, six years is a good amount of time to support some old, some of those older devices, um, especially some of those older machines that were, I'm sure, on the cusp of not, I mean, barely working at all. And, th- and that's just having the minimum requirements, right? That's just so you can minimally run Windows. Not that you can get the best performance out of it. That's just the bare, you know, minimum. I guess, I guess my... I, I'm, I'm not going to poop... I'm not gonna poo-poo it too much just because, um, you know, they're they're uh, requiring you to have some sort of hardware. They're doing it for a reason, and I'm sure the biggest of the reason is they don't want users to have a poor experience, and as well, a result of that the- experience, either leave the platform or put a you know put bad words to to the Microsoft and Windows name. I actually have two. I don't disagree with that. With that. Um, number one, the reason why they did this, cited in a couple of articles that I read, is because the re- the in- increase in firmware-based hacking. So tar- targeting the firmware of the computer, like the, the physical BIOS, what even starts yeah. the boot process before Windows takes over from there. So I understand why they do it from that point of view. My other point is, at least for people like me, I want to get the most I possibly can out of my devices. Like I still have laptops that are running from 2000 that I've made work in ways. Granted, yes, they're not running the most recent Windows, but they're still doing a purpose. I guess the thing that I, I have a hard time with, and while I understand completely why they're why they're making this change, it's because to prevent some of these hacks and improve security and stuff like that. It's it's just like is it really is it really the best thing to do right now to make it a requirement from going from none to requirement like i i would i would rather have an an intermediary basically being like okay it is highly highly recommended you have a tpm module within your computer but if you don't here's the risks like all of all of that so I can only imagine the amount of customers at Best Buy's, at I mean, you name it, stores, with 
you know, help tech help people coming in with issues almost solely based on everything you've just said. Like, you know, the, the, the potential for something bad to happen. I understand that you want to get the most, you want to squeeze the most amount of lemon juice out of your lemons, the lemons being your computers, right? And right. juice being your performance or, or the life of, of, of technology. But I mean, Fitz, I love you, but to put it bluntly, I mean, I really don't know why we're running 20 year old machines. Um, not not to mention like, all of the, not, not to mention the performance and, and all that, just security wise, I mean, that uh, is a risk. Oh, it, um, it's one hundred percent a risk, and I and, I, and I understand you're you're taking it on. That's fair and fine. And as a consumer, you 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 take on that risk whenever you buy a new product, you use a new operating system, you stick with an operating system that's no longer supported, you stick with hardware that you know might uh, be faulty, you you default on your warranty, whatever. Um, I I understand you know the 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 concept and and the idea that you want to be the master of your own destiny with, with your technology and hardware. But I think it, there has to be a certain point logically where you go, all right, I, it, it's time to retire this, move on to the next. It's time to recognize that, you know, there are issues with this. Let's upgrade. You know, I, I, I think that there's enough arguments out there for that to um, to go along with that sort of line of thinking. Okay, that, that's a I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I've talked to you a ton on, on on technology and stuff. This is the first time I've ever heard you say I'm running machines that are 15, 20 years old. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where when you're running a, a home lab, you're running an environment, you're, you want to experience all of the technology and in a lot of cases some of these older hardwares that i that i run really give you insight into how why things are the way they are now as opposed to how they were then like i'm i have an old dl360 here that i was i was running um that is still 32 bit it it, it isn't 64 bit and it's from i think it's from like 2000 2000 2004 like really 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 old and um it's it's basically one of those things where i understand why they why these things work now because of that but anyway i, I don't want to go into a ton of detail on that i just want i'm just i like squeezing every bit of performance and every bit of value i could get out of a device i, I don't want to contribute to the the e-waste problem or anything like that and by Microsoft making this move, I just feel as though they've they've accelerated the the e-waste problems very slightly. But is this going to be the tipping point for some people who are going to be like, oh, I can't run the newer operating system. Let me just go get another computer. That we could get this one out to the curb. If I can close on one comment, um, I mean, you, you pulled up the graph with how many people have Windows 10 and the other operating systems. I remember when Windows 10 first came out, and I was working at um, working at a medical instrument company um, back in, in Illinois, back eight years ago at least, um, or so. And uh, the software couldn't run on Windows 10, 
and that's the way it was. No other software could, and that's just the way it was. And that was the way it was for a long time for a lot of companies. As great as this Windows 11, I'm sure could be for individuals, for businesses or whatever, um, I don't think you're gonna see the adoption. You're gonna see a similar adoption with Windows 11 as you did with Windows 10. It's gonna take a long time for that user base to grow to what we just saw right now with those, or whatever it was, 10 minutes ago, with those government uh, graphs. And don't forget the people that have their tinfoil hats that don't want anything to do with the government either. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Well, I'm great right way. Here. I'm sorry, Ryan? I said, hey, I'm right here. You don't have to talk about me like I'm not in the room. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, the government, the people that are afraid with their tinfoil hats and that put uh, tape on their cameras or don't show their faces because they don't want to show up on anything, Ryan. That's that's out to you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, in other news, uh, there's a bit of a, I'm not sure to call it a crisis or I don't know what to call it, but basically um, in China, they're shutting down over 90% of their Bitcoin mining capacity after local bans and a nationwide crap crackdown against cryptocurrency mining. So basically, um, it says uh, many Bitcoin mines in southwest China, Sichuan province, uh, were closed as of Sunday and everybody's been cracking down on it. And it's just kind of crazy to think about the... Um, the the way everything's everything's going like like this country the country just said hey you can't do this and then everybody else is just like oh, okay i i guess we're gonna move or something and uh bitcoin has taken a pretty big hit from it actually in terms of uh the value and processing power i mean don't forget you know uh there, there is a little secret to that which is what what is said by the government goes in that country so true um, i mean yeah, it's a little different um but still that is it's not so hot not so very not so very cash money of the uh of the chinese government well yeah i mean they're probably the only country that could ban bitcoin because of their internet like them in north korea yep everywhere else you know everything's decentralized enough and like not every access point is monitored by the government where you know you can just they can ip ban exchanges that's fine they have decentralized exchanges all over that you'd normally be able to just flout the ban with. Mm -hmm. but it's because of that internet that they can even pull it off right so, and honestly one day satellite internet's going to become a thing someone's going to beam satellite internet to china then even that will work right Elon Musk is going to make a lot of money. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, though, in this article, it also states that all these miners, they're still going to mine. They just need to figure oh, out yeah. somewhere else to go. So Yeah, I think what's more interesting is the short-term implications for the prices of Bitcoin. Right. Because on right. one hand, it's there's going to be less transactions that are able to process, be processed and less mm -hmm. Bitcoin's going to end up being mined. So does that make the price go up? or down because the use cases for it are harder to use it for because it's going to be slower but it is also at the same time going to be more scarce so it's hmm well we that's are... an interesting catch 22 sort of yeah, situation it's interesting to see what it's going to end up doing to the price the price has kind of stayed pretty it's made some drops it's made some bumps it's a little all over to be honest 
Well, this was literally published a little bit ago. Um, this was published at 11.40 this morning. Uh, China's crackdown wiped $400 billion off the market as Bitcoin slides. It says Bitcoin, Ether, XRP, and other currencies fell sharply. Um, let's see. Actually, they look pretty up, believe it or not. We're right actually, now. Yeah, we're actually back to where it was yeah. just before that slide. To be just, just before that slide. They, it just got back the up. The slides so. you're talking about, it dropped it all the way down to 28. We're all the way back up to 35. Okay. I mean, I think that just, that just reiterates so how volatile crypto is. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, it can, it could take a hit, a meteoric hit one day, and then surge to the moon the next. It, yeah. it just, that, that I, I suppose, is just kind of the nature of it. Right. Definitely. Literally, I'm used to seeing my portfolio fluctuate by 15% on a daily basis. So I <laughs> that, it, it, that would have my heart skip so many beats. I would be in, like... It was anaphylactic shock, or, um, or not anaphylactic shock, but uh, arrhythmia. Oh my god! There you just go. Just kick your feet up. That that. That's uh, it. <laughs> I oh god! I I would. No, nope. That, I, that is why I refuse to go into into my Bitcoin. I mean, also um, amongst other things, just the you know lack of research and. Um, time spent, you know, looking at all that kind of but stuff, but jeez, no, no gracias. What I was trying to say before my audio so graciously cut out is all I do is I kick my feet back and just relax and I know that I'm in it for the long run, so all the short dips and turns don't really matter to me. Alrighty, well, I suppose that's, that's fair. Here's our obligatory, way, we're, we're not financial, financial advice. advice. There, there we go, is. we got it. Can we please have t-shirts made? We are not financial advisors. That, <laughs> that would be funny. That would be our like our first merch. <laughs> we are not financial advisors. I would advisors. buy that and wear that so proudly. Out of context, it doesn't even matter. It's funny. That's Yeah, that is pretty funny. But... <laughs> like have, you know, the first phrase here and then the entire paragraph on the back of the disclaimer, you know, that we have a someone who, who uh, does law and, and studies this does law. Is, is good at contracts and stuff can very elegantly lay out you know but is very uh very very careful and very uh specific on what we are very certain on what we cannot be and cannot say well there you oh, go grislow get on awesome. get on it merch drop one coming soon apparently we'll, we'll see if that works <laughs> but Anyway, I'd be down and just make t-shirts for us. I mean, I'd wear that. Hey, we'll see. Um, I'll get a coffee mug that says that. That would be pretty cool. Like, like some sort of coffee mug. Yeah, I, I, I support. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, you got me thinking now. Talk to me in like a week and a half. I might have something for you. Sounds good. Sounds good. In other news. Uh, we are continuing down our path here of kind of like the topics that we always discuss on every episode for some reason. And we're going to be talking next about uh, good old Jeff Bezos heading out to uh, space here. But uh, <laughs> an interesting fact about this is more than 130,000 people have signed a petition to keep Jeff Bezos in space to prevent him from returning to Earth. And I, I, okay, 
Like, I think there's just like some law written into the universe that once you pass a trillion dollars, your first instinct is I got to go to space. Apparently. Well, it sounds like it. But we'll see. And apparently 130,000 people don't really want to want to have him back after he takes <laughs> that that leap out. I mean, right beyond. I, I'm sure that's also probably and this is me speculating I'm sure it's also probably the people that are upset that he made so much money during the pandemic, but also, of course he did. He runs an online, he's a CEO of an online shopping company in the middle of a pandemic where you can't go to stores because they're closed or they have restricted hours. Of course he's going to make money. Right. Um, it, that The whole thinking is absurd. Now, I mean, should he, you know, make bonuses bigger at the end of the year? I'm all for it. Should he increase the pay a little bit? If that makes sense for the bottom line, um, if it, you know, if it financially makes sense, sure. Um, but hating on someone and, and for, for just, you know, being successful in whatever, I, you know. Oh, well. Go do, some, go do something else more productive than complaining about someone else, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it's silly. I wish, uh, I wish society silly. listened to that. Alrighty, moving on. No kidding. Uh, but any any other final words on this article? Ryan, I'll let you go first. I don't think you can legally keep him in space. <laughs> something. Well, you brought up a good point. In space, apparently uh, there's still a debate as to whether or not he's actually going to be in space. I suppose the there's a, a line. I forgot what it's called like the barrier between, you know, our atmosphere or Earth and space um, is hotly contested and it's only being more um, hotly contested now that Bezos is being thrust into the spotlight. Thank you, yes. Um, Is now being even more contested that that he's being thrust in the spotlight about doing this trip with his brother um, next month. Or, yes, it is next month. Jeez, end of of June? Oh boy. My head, you, 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 I guess that tells you where my head's at right now. Wow. Um, yeah, no kidding. I've had a rough day. I've had a rough week. I've, I've had a package stolen from me. My Wi-Fi that was supposed to work hasn't isn't working. I spent an hour trying to troubleshoot it. Spent a half hour on hold. Uh, and eventually told me a tech would be coming out to me tomorrow. Um, so that's been a nice little, like, welcome to my new area. Um, but... Yeah, I, I, I really, I think it's silly. I don't really know if if this Blue Origin thing is really going to take off. Um, and it actually, it, it does tie actually back to uh, a, a piece that we covered. Uh, I think one of our last shows. Um, the United, uh, the piece being United, is buying those supersonic jets. And one of the things we talked about was um, the price. You know, it's probably going to be at a premium. Just that the Concord was, or the Concordia, or whatever it was, Concord. Um, yeah, in the past. Right. Thank you. Um, the same thing is going to apply to this, and I'm not quite sure if the market is really there for for this sort of uh, new new travel. Um, we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? People will pay, you know, crazy amounts of money for silly things as is. Um, you know, and, and those NFT, some of these NFTs have been popping off and 
ridiculous ways um, people spend money on more silly things. So um, we'll see. But uh, again, I don't really know why he's putting, he being Bezos, putting all of his eggs in a basket of his Blue Origin project um, when he already has this just giant of a company, Amazon. Um, he'll be going up into space. I think we said, what was it, 15 days uh, after he that. resigns as CEO um, next month. Well, I guess that means he'll be resigning in about you know, two weeks, I suppose, that makes it from now um, or, or about. Who knows? He's not going to be, he's not going to leave the spotlight. We know that. Um, right. And maybe he'll even find it, found another company um, that's even more successful than Amazon. Um, the point being, I, I really just don't understand the uh, allure to Blue Origin. Um, it doesn't direct, it doesn't directly compete with you know the likes of SpaceX and what they want to do, um, which is kind of what I thought it was going to be. You know, we talk about uh, you know when you become a trillionaire, you get interested in space, right? Um, I, I don't really understand his fascination with this sort of aspect of it. Um, and I'm not really that vested and interested in it or, or, or you know, have pour my energy into, you know, right. all of it. Definitely. Anything to add, Ryan? Oh, not really. Cool. It just is. Um, it just I, is. It just kind of is that way. It's just like, yeah, we'll see what becomes of this. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the last story we have for you tonight is actually kind of cool. And uh, I think it's really cool um for for nfts at least uh we have an nft that's being auctioned right now for the World Wide web code uh one of the inventors of the World Wide web tim berners lee uh is auctioning off his code for his original code for the World Wide web as an nft and it's currently at 2.8 million dollars right now which is the original source code for the internet which is it's super cool and i think it's really cool we'll, we'll see but that's just a our obligatory nft article for today so. <laughs> i think it's uh orion you go first uh, i should probably disclaim that i am invested in the crypto that a lot of nfts are built upon so that being ethereum that's yeah. No, a lot of them are built on Tezos too now. But oh, well. Regardless of that, uh, I don't know. I still think it's a cool idea. I still like the idea of having only the highest res version be available to the person who bought the NFT. But at the same time, that person can then buy it and then just distribute the highest res version. So I don't. I like them. I think they're a cool idea. I think it's a great way to distribute like really, really insanely high res art or even digitally created. What about code? Uh, I'm very much an open source person. There you go. I think it's I think it's pretty neat. I think of all of the uh, instances of different NFTs that we've covered on the show, and you know we talked about in, in pre-shows and in our chat. Um, you know we mentioned uh, today earlier uh, Mila Kunis. Uh, the last person I would think of to be involved in NFTs uh, went on Conan sh one of Conan's last shows uh, last week and uh, 
revealed that during the pandemic, she dived into NFTs and or dove into NFTs and uh, created her own and is very, um, very cerebral about it, very into it. Um, of all the things that we've covered, art and um, Olympic pins and uh, YouTube videos, um, I think this is probably one of the most apropos uh, applications of an NFT. Um, that being a digital token for a digital thing, a digital, I don't know what to other call it, a thing. Right. Um, I think it's very, I think it's very cool. Um, obviously, I mean, the World Wide Web is a mainstay of, I mean, I mean, we'll put it bluntly, of life as we know it in 2021. Um, if it weren't for the World Wide Web, where would we be? What would we be doing right now? How would we be broadcasting this? I mean, how would we be interacting? I mean, so many, it's domino effect. What's that? Number 50, the internet. There well, either way, I think it's very cool. I like it. This is probably the one NFT that I'm really behind. Um, and uh, again, we, we, we talked about this in pre-show and in chat. Um, we talked about NFTs, one of our first shows uh, on YouTube and all the streaming platforms when we made our comeback here. Um, and it was, when I brought it up with you guys, um, it was because I had watched another YouTuber I won't say his name. Um, yeah, actually, no yeah, whatever. Logan Paul. Um, no, I'll say no it. Cloud. I'm not saying free cloud, but I mean, you know, you shout out the people that uh, you know bring attention to this stuff. More for that, I'm not sure we would really, really be talking about NFTs, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, he, he brought up as this you know thing he saw was going to be coming up. It was going to be a big thing, and everyone should watch out for it. And I honestly saw that and went, "That's stupid. That will never catch on." I can't wait for this thing to fail. And then you start uh, talking well, about well, NFTs after that, right? Well, his <laughs> NFTs did not fail. Uh, they exceeded his expectations. And not only that, but the NFT market has almost exploded here um, and has garnered interest of, I mean, between art uh, people and art museums to YouTubers to, I mean, the World Wide Web. Uh, founder, I mean, it, it it's become this sort of new age media thing. Not media, I suppose, but this new age like collectible market, um, bringing age. collectibles into the digital age. Curio shop, almost. Yeah, um, bringing collectibles into the digital age, and uh, I, I really did not anticipate it to become this sort of like big force that, it, that it's becoming. And being adopted so quickly, and and being uh, applied in so many different uh, industries and in ways, um, but it has. We we, we literally we, we say this at the end of every one of these articles. We'll see where it takes us. We'll see where it goes. We're seeing where it goes. We're seeing where it takes us, and we we still haven't even seen where it's gonna peak. Right. We haven't seen. We really haven't seen where it's going. We're seeing where it is now and where we think it's gonna be. Um, it's it it really is just this really crazy wild new age curio shop collectibles market that uh i don't think a lot of people expected and i really think is really unique 
and um, it's just really different. Definitely, definitely. Well, we're pro- I'm going to probably close this out now. We've been on way longer than I thought we would be tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we, we didn't really... <laughs> so we wanted to make the show short. Yeah, we wanted to make this short, and then we started rambling. But anyway, anybody yeah. have any uh, closing remarks before I close this out today? Um... I'll take that as a no. <laughs> but anyway, um, thank you all. Oh, well, have a happy fourth. Oh, there you go. We, yes. we, I mean, fourth is on on the Sunday, so have a happy and safe Fourth of July for all of our United States uh, folks and listeners. For all of our Canada listeners, Happy Canada Day! I know that's coming up. It's before Fourth of July. Um, I don't know if it already happened, but hopefully it hasn't. So Happy Canada Day! Happy Fourth of July! Celebrate safe. Have a good time with your friends and family, and uh, enjoy it in this hopefully uh, coming out of a pandemic uh, time. For sure. Alrighty, well, thank you everybody for watching today. Uh, be sure to tune in to our uh, social media, which will be a renewed presence coming up uh, soon. And stay tuned for more episodes of Tech Talk Nation. We're trying to get on a more regular schedule here. Uh, it's just been crazy these last couple weeks, so we'll, we'll try to work something out. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for watching, and tune in next time. Have a great week and a happy fourth. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Tech Talk Nation. Tune in next week for more discussion on the latest in tech.